the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show. Hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DiGilio, and I'm a podcaster, comedy writer, and performer, graduate of Second City, and a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. And each week, we will look back at everything SNL on this podcast the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We will talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I will have guests. Sometimes I won't. But with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. And uh, on this episode, which is episode number 24 of that show, uh, we are going to be talking about the last season that just ended. And I'm going to give you a full rundown and all uh, a full review of season 48. Season 48 is in the can and it's in the history books. uh, And I will, on this episode, talk about every single episode of season 48, tell you about the good and the bad, tell you about the great sketches and uh, the not so great sketches, the highlights, the weird stuff, all the stuff that happened on that stage uh, during the season 48 you will hear about. And we will uh, end uh, the podcast episode with my top five favorite sketches of the entire season. So I've picked my favorite sketches and I picked some of the highlights. So I'll play the top five sketches from the entire season, I will also tell you about what cast members I thought had really great seasons, not so great seasons, and who were the MVPs of the cast members. And as far as I'm concerned, who was the cast member of the year for season 48. So we'll go through every, every uh, episode of season 48. Tell you about what happened, who were the special guest stars, the surprises. We'll go through some of the great sketches and talk about them. And I, again, will play back my top five favorite sketches of season 48. Um, A pretty good season, not a great season overall. Uh, And it was a season that was cut short. Um, I think we all know that. Um, The season was cut short because of the Writers Guild strike. Um, Let me uh, give you the repertory players, the featured players of the season. So your cast members for this season... Um, which is, by the way, great cast members, great additions. I'll tell you a little bit about that as we go on. Uh, Michael Che, Mikey Day, Andrew Dismukes, Chloe Feynman, Heidi Gardner, Punky Johnson, Colin Jost, Ego Wodum, Cecily Strong, Keenan Thompson, and Bowen Yang. Those were your repertory players. Your featured players were Marcelo Hernandez, James Austin Johnson, Molly Carney, Michael Longfellow, Sarah Sherman, and Devin Walker. So those uh, were the cast members. Those were the people that did all the writing and did all the acting on that stage with your musical guests and with your hosts and your special guests. Uh, A strong cast, I think. Um, Season 48 began on October 1st, 2022, with Miles Teller as your host and your musical guest with Kendrick Lamar. And it wrapped up on April 15th, 2023, with Ana de Armas 
as your host. The musical guest was Carol G. And it ended early because of the writer's strike. There were three scheduled episodes that did not happen. Um, the next uh, episode before the strike was to happen on May 6, 2023. And they actually got into a day and a half of uh, rehearsals for that week. And then they had to cancel. The host was Pete Davidson returning after one year away. Pete Davidson was the host and little Uzi Vert was the musical guest. And they got to Tuesday morning before the strike was called and they canceled it. And then there were two more episodes that were scheduled to happen. There was going to be an episode on May 13th with Kieran Culkin as the host and Labyrinth as your musical guest. And that would have coincided with, of course, the big uh, finale of Succession. And then season, or, or I'm sorry, the season finale would have been May 20th when the host was going to be Jennifer Coolidge and Foo Fighters as musical guests. And that would have been a hell of a season finale. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who um, obviously had auditioned for the show in the past and didn't, did not get on and who uh, over the past like four or five years has just become huge and has become a favorite uh, target on SNL with Chloe Fineman doing a fantastic impersonation of her. It would have been a great season finale. So it would have been Jennifer Coolidge and Foo Fighters in your season finale. We missed out on Kieran Culkin. We missed out on Pete Davidson because of the writer's strike. And as a result, there were 18 shows. Um, and it was an interesting season. Um, at the end of season 47, they announced that A.D. Bryant, Pete Davidson, Kate McKinnon, and Kyle Mooney were all going to leave and they were not going to come back. Uh, Bryant had been there for 10 seasons. Kate McKinnon had been there for 11. Uh, Davidson was there for eight. And uh, Kyle Mooney was also there for nine years as well. Uh, so, you know, those were, those were some big people leaving. And then in September, right before the season began, about a month before the season began, they announced that Alex Moffat, Chris Redd, Melissa Villasenor, and Aristotle Atari were all leaving. So that's a huge amount of people leaving. And that, um, uh, you know, there was a rumor that Cecily Strong was going to leave, but she did not. She came back. For a, a brief period of time, she missed the first three episodes, came back and then ended up leaving before the end of the year. And she she left in December. Um, but because of all of these people leaving, Lauren Michaels uh, decided that he was going to call this a transitional year. Uh, also behind the scenes, Colin Jost and Michael Che, obviously still the co-anchors of Weekend Update. They were head writers for a few years. They dropped out from that position. They were no longer the head writers uh, at, at, during season 48. So they weren't head writers. They were just uh, writers in general, not head writers, and uh, the anchors of Update. Um, and, and because of so many people, a mass exodus, uh, Lauren decided that he was going to call it a transition year. Um, so they hired Marcelo Hernandez, who is the youngest cast member currently. He's only 25 years old. Uh, Molly Carney, who is the first non-binary cast member ever. Michael Longfellow, um, who is the ninth cast member to be born in the 90s. And Devin Walker, who is the 15th African-American male cast member in show's history and the first since 2017. Um, so that was the deal. So not returning were Aristotle Atari, A.D. Bryant, Pete uh, Davidson, Kate McKinnon, Alex Moffat, Kyle Mooney, Chris Redd, Melissa Villasenor. Promoted from featured to repertory were Andrew Dismukes and Punky Johnson. And then the new players were Marcelo Hernandez, Molly Carney, Michael Longfellow, and Devin Walker. So a pretty strong cast, um, I think. Lots of talented people in this cast. Um, and for the most part, they did a great job. Um, the writing was up and down, as every season is. The hosts were up and down, as every season is. And I'm going to go through 
every episode uh, to tell you who the host, musical guests were, the highlights, the lowlights, and then uh, I will end with who I thought were the MVPs of the season and who was the best cast member of the season, and I'll play back my top five favorite sketches of the entire season 48. Before we dive into that and before I start yapping about each episode and reminding you of some of the really cool stuff and interesting things that happened during season 48... Um, I want to play this little montage. Um, you know, the Emmy Awards are going to be, the nominations are going to be announced very soon, and they will be handed out in the early fall. And uh, this is the time when studios and when streaming services and when networks start to send out their for-your-consideration kits and uh, swag and videos and all kinds of merch and things like that to get the Academy voters to vote for or nominate some of their television productions and things like that. So NBC just posted a montage summing up season 48 for your consideration. So this was posted online and sent to Emmy voters saying, hey, we had a really pretty cool season for season 48. We don't want you to forget it. Here is a montage of a bunch of crazy shit and highlights and craziness that happened during season 48. And we hope you remember. We hope you remember the guest hosts. We hope you remember the musical guests. And we hope you remember the show and the writing. And hopefully we'll get nominated. So they sent out this montage. Now, there's a lot of heavy visuals in this, but you'll get the gist of it when you hear it. And you'll hear a lot of uh, sort of famous quotes and lines and highlights and weird stuff and bloopers and things that happened during season 48. So before I start diving in, telling you all about each episode, the highlights and the lowlights of so, and unveiling my top five sketches and who I thought were the best cast members of the year. Let's just hear the montage that NBC has sent out in order to get everybody to remember how great season 48 was. And live from New York, it's Let's go. It's Saturday Night Live. Hi, I'm the problem. The whole country's falling apart. That's crazy. Oh, I'm here too. Is it bad? Oh, yes, please. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Great to be with you, Judy, on your sweet little show full of lies. Julia, two minutes to post. Quick, quick, post, post. More, 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 and more. No. You get that call? I, I don't know. I am a man. Blooper reel. Yeah. Spin me, bitch. Ah! Well, like, why would that be what we doing? Hey, <laughs> Lowen. No, that's not right. <laughs> Welcome aboard. I told them not to laugh at you, Fairy Fools. <laughs> that's the meanest thing you've ever done. I was truly like, am I not mic'd? And then I was just like, oh, I just suck. I'm telling Michael J. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. You did not prepare me for that! Nice try, bitch. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> One line and I did it bad. Any questions? I don't know! I shouldn't be doing this! Hit it! Oh my god! <laughs> Do you feel that, Colin? <laughs> Don't let me dress like Joker. Weird choice with the fingers. <laughs> I'm not gonna miss a thing! Like, no 
When he's done, you're done. Exactly. Now watch from the corner. So there it is. There's your montage. Uh, it was loud and it was crazy. It was hard to kind of hear, but uh, they mixed together a whole bunch of really crazy stuff and highlights from season 48. So that's NBC's way of reminding you of what happened during season 48. Well, I'm going to tell you about everything that happened. Uh, episode number one was Miles Teller and Kendrick Lamar, October 1st, uh, 2022. John Hamm and Sean White made special appearances uh, on that show. A couple of things of note. That was the very first show since March of 2020 where no one was wearing masks on stage or in the audience. Uh, I'm sure that there were a few people in the audience, but they weren't required to wear masks. And it was the first time during goodbyes and good nights uh, that uh, nobody was wearing a mask. So it was the very first no COVID mask show of all time. Uh, the cold open was particularly funny. Miles Teller was actually featured in the cold open. Um, and it was uh, a showcase of, uh, it was them making fun of the cold open, a very strong cold open, a terrific game show send up. And it seems like um, every uh, episode of Saturday Night Live now contains at least one game show uh, uh, parody. And uh, a game show parody seems to be, and it's usually right up front. It's usually the first or second sketch of, of every episode. And I've gotten used to it. It's gotten to the point where it's like, geez, I wonder what weird game show they're going to either parody or make fun of this time. Well, the one that they did uh, when Teller was the host was a thing called Send Something Normal, which was a game show where they quizzed uh, celebrities uh, and made them try and reply to women on their DM like normal people. And Adam Levine was uh, one of the... Uh, one of the people on there, um, and uh, Army Hammer. It was a very, very funny sketch, one of my favorites. Uh, there was also a really great fr film sketch about Be Real, the app that was very, very funny about a bank robbery and what happens during being real. Uh, there was also the AM the AMC theater uh, theaters parody that they did of the Nicole Kidman uh, AMC theater promo with uh, Chloe Feynman doing Nicole Kidman, and that was really funny. Um, overall, a pretty solid show. Not a, not a great one, but a, but but a solid one, and a nice way to kick off the uh, to kick off the season. Some a lot of laughs, um, you know. Um, and uh, Kendrick Lamar, I'm not a fan, but he was fine. There was an oscillating fan on stage with him, which was more interesting than him. Uh, but there you go. So that was uh, the first episode. October 8th, second episode was Brendan Gleeson and Willow was your musical guest. I'm not going to say anything about Willow because I was told if I'm not going to say anything nice about someone, I shouldn't say anything at all. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Colin Farrell made a special appearance on the Brendan Gleeson episode. Um, you know, a pretty, a pretty decent episode, not a great one. Um, uh, there, there was a great pre-filmed thing called New Cast Advice where the new cast was featured, and that was in that uh, pre-film thing. That was when they had Marley Carney was uh, hired to murder someone. They were supposed to murder someone, and they didn't know that that's what they were supposed to do when they got hired. Uh, on the update, there was a great update uh, desk thing, weekend update desk thing, and that would be with um, Ego Wodum as Black Ariel, because that's when the news that um, Ariel would be African-American in the new Little Mermaid live-action movie, and everybody went nuts. Um, and so, uh, there was a great weekend update piece at the desk. You can, and, and again, you can look up all this stuff. As I mentioned it, all you got to do is look it up and you'll find it. Uh, Ego, uh, Wodum doing Black Ariel on the weekend update desk was great and a highlight. And then there was a, a great insane sketch from the one and only Sarah Squirm, Sarah Sherman, 
uh, where her eyeballs got replaced with plastic eyeballs. And that is full-on weird Sarah Squirm, who, by the way, I'm seeing in just a few days uh, as, as of this taping. I will be seeing her here in Chicago at Thalia Hall, and I'm very excited about seeing Sarah Squirm do her stuff. So uh, those were some of the highlights. Not a great episode. Not a great episode. Brendan Gleeson uh, seemed a little bit off on that. The headshot uh, sketch that they did uh, with Michael Longfellow and with Andrew Dismukes with a special appearance by Colin Farrell uh, was, you know, was kind of funny, but not a great episode. Um, episode number three was Megan the Stallion. Uh, she was both the guest and the musical. Uh, uh, she was both the host and the musical guest. That was October 15, 2022. Without question, um, n- n- not a good not a uh, not a good episode. Let me just uh, let's just <laughs> let's just let's just say that. Uh, and um, she uh, was a was a reasonably terrible host. Um, and uh, the, the you know the writing was off that night. It was it was a it was a bad night. It was it's one of the one of the uh, one of the really bad episodes of the season. Uh, in fact, when I give you my top ten, when I, I'm sorry, not my top ten. Um, when I at the end of this, when I rank the episodes from best to worst. Uh, no surprise that this one was at the bottom. Um, so anyway, let's move on. Jack Harlow was the next uh, guest and musical, uh, was the host and musical guest. Jack Harlow, that was October 29th, 2022. So it was the Halloween episode. Jeff Prost, Tom Hanks, Bobby Moynihan all made appearances. Uh, and of course, it was the return of uh, David S. Pumpkins. Cecily Strong's first show back, she was uh, um, doing uh, the Lily Tomlin one-woman show, which is why she missed the first three shows. So Cecily Strong was back. Uh, and Jeff Prost appeared in a sketch, uh, which actually you will be hearing a little bit later because I think it's one of the best sketches of the season. Uh, but the Jack Harlow episode was terrific. I didn't know what to expect from him. Uh, I knew that he was a rapper. I was familiar with his music. But, you know, you never know because the week before, Megan Thee Stallion was the host. She was also a rapper, and she was terrible. The writing was bad, and it was an awful episode. So I had very low, uh, low expectations, but it was great. But it was, it was a terrific show. Uh, Cecily Strong returned. Uh, the Joker wedding, the wedding where the guy was dressed up like Joker on Halloween, was one of my favorite sketches of the year. I'll play that one back a little later. Uh, there was a great sketch that took place during an AA meeting where Jack Harlow's character pitched a movie to, about uh, about luggage to Pixar. Uh, there was a 2020 uh, horror movie about the upcoming 2024 elections, which was kind of a takeoff on all the new horror movies, including Smile, and that was terrific. The return of Drunk Uncle on Weekend Update. Bobby Moynihan came back and did Drunk Uncle, and it was spectacularly funny. Uh, David S. Pumpkins was great. A strong episode all the way around. Jack Harlow was really funny, um, and I didn't expect it. And his musical performances, were uh, they were pretty good. So overall, a really terrific episode. A very, very strong episode. The best of the season at that point thus far. Uh, the next episode was Amy Schumer and uh, Steve Lacey was your musical guest. Steve Lacey was, uh, was very good. Amy Schumer, not, uh, November 5th, 2022. Uh, the COVID commercial, which I will play later was easily the highlight of that. It was a, it was a commercial about how to get out of, um, uncomfortable situations and pressure and family problems by just pretending or actually getting COVID. It's better to get COVID. Uh, there was also a pre-film thing about how Amy Schumer's character, a housewife was completely obsessed with property brothers. Um, on Weekend Update, there was Tammy the Trucker, where um, Cecily uh, Strong did kind of a sequel to the uh, the abortion clown bit that she did, the incredible abortion clown bit that she did last season. Uh, one of the best uh, things she's ever done, and that was that was a highlight too. Overall, not a great uh, episode. I'm not a huge fan of Amy Schumer. Um, never really have been. Um, and uh, so I wasn't crazy about the cold open. I wasn't crazy about the monologue. There were certain things in it that I thought were good. 
but uh, not not a good episode. Not a good episode. Uh, next was Dave Chappelle and Black Star was the musical guest. And that was November 12, 2022. And it's gotten to the point now where whenever there is an election of any kind, I guess they just have to have Dave Chappelle uh, come in and host. And this was after midterms um, uh, when, uh, when Dave Chappelle hosted and he had hosted after elections many times before midterms or general elections or anything like that. Um, most, you know, most notably, he hosted after, uh, after Trump won. Um, and so now it's gotten to the point where it's like, if we do elections, let's bring Chappelle. So Chappelle came in, hosted for the midterms. Um, and it wasn't a great uh, episode. Most notable things were his monologue, which was considered offensive, um, which was uh, by, by many considered to be anti-Semitic and also anti. And he had been going through uh, 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 some issues about his Netflix uh, special being transphobic. Um, and so he confronted that and did his monologue, which I actually thought was a pretty funny monologue. Um, I didn't find it uh, offensive. I found it edgy, which is what I think most stand-up comedians should do if they want to do it. And Dave Chappelle has never been known to back away from controversy. So this is what you get. I mean, when you, get, when you have Dave Chappelle on your show, expect him to do something where he's not going to hold back, where he's going to say what he wants to say. Sometimes it's misinterpreted as being transphobic, and sometimes it's misinterpreted as anti-Semitic. And that's what happened during his uh, monologue. Um, a couple of things. Uh, the barbershop sketch was fantastic with Michael Longfellow as the only white barber in a black barbershop. That was a great sketch. Uh, and then there was Black Heaven, uh, where Mikey Day was uh, playing uh, the part that Dave Chappelle was supposed to play while he was getting uh, heckled off camera by Dave Chappelle and his friends. That was a pretty funny uh, sketch as well. And then uh, Sarah Sherman... Uh, would continue to do her weekend update bits where she just rips apart uh, Colin Jost as part of, uh, of, of, of Sarah News. So Sarah Sherman doing her Sarah News ripping apart Jost is brilliant and funny, and that was, that was great too. Um, overall disappointing, Chappelle seemed uh, to not want to be there, or it was the kind of attitude where it was like, you should all be happy that Dave Chappelle is here and he's not going to do the work. And in fact, he didn't want to do that sketch, which is why they rewrote it to have Mikey Day in it because Dave Chappelle didn't want to do it. And then they made a sketch. They made a sketch out of the problem with the writing of the sketch. Um, not a great show uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I guess disappointing because it was Dave Chappelle. Um, and, um, and Dave Chappelle at that point, and me personally, um, I'm a little bit over Dave Chappelle at this point. Um, you know, uh, I don't find the guy offensive. Um, uh, I, I think he takes risks and I think he pushes the envelope pretty far. I just have gotten to the point now where Dave Chappelle is just Dave Chappelle, and he's brought nothing new to the game in a long time. So, uh, Next was Kiki Palmer and SZA. That was December 3rd. Natasha Lyonne uh, made a special appearance on that, and uh, Kel Mitchell came back when they did a Keenan and Kel reunion uh, thing. Um, also not a great show. Uh, so uh, the Keenan and uh, Kelly uh, thing was pretty funny. Uh, and update, uh, they did the Peppa the Pig thing with uh, Sharon, uh, sorry, uh, with uh, Sarah Sherman, did her Peppa the Pig thing, which was hilarious. Otherwise, Kiki Palmer, also uh, not, not a great show either. Uh, and then uh, we move on to um, the next episode was Steve Martin and Martin Short. Brandy Carlisle was the musical guest. That was December 10th, 2022. Selena Gomez and Kieran Culkin both appeared. A strong show, a good show. Um, you can't really go wrong with Martin Short. And, uh, and Steve Martin. Uh, the writing was okay. They spent a lot of time, Martin Shorten and, and Steve Martin spent a lot of time playing straight men in it. And it seemed to me that um, 
Martin Short appeared, and it was not deceived, it was true. Martin Short in, appeared in a lot more sketches than Steve Martin did, and I think that that was on purpose. Uh, Steve Martin didn't seem to be having as much fun as Martin Short, and Martin Short uh, seemed to be really playing with the audience a lot and playing with the cast members a lot more than Steve Martin was. And as a result, there were some funny sketches that Martin Short carried, um, and uh, like the Minky talk show thing, uh, which was hilarious, which featured uh, Heidi Gardner as his musical uh, accompaniment. Uh, and they did a really funny bit uh, towards the end there with the father of the bride part eight, where they bring Martin Short, who played, you know, the, the, the wedding coordinator in the movie. Uh, they bring him in. That's where Kieran Culkin came in. But the funniest thing in the Steve Martin, Martin Short thing by far was the pre-filmed Christmas Carol thing, which turned into like a, a bloody over the top shooting blood gore fest. Uh, and that was definitely uh, the highlight. So uh, if you've not seen it, you should just look up Steve Martin, Martin Short, SNL, Christmas Carol. And it's by far the funniest thing of that show. And then after that was Austin Butler as your host and uh, Lizzo as your musical guest. Um, and this was uh, Cecily Strong's last show. This was on December 17th, 2022. So she had a shortened season. She came back in late October and she left in late December. So it was a short season for her. And then she left uh, the show. Uh, this was a strong show. The 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 in, in fact one of the best shows of the year. Uh, the Austin Butler show was so strong and so funny. Um, by the way, um, Lizzo came in at the last minute to be the musical guest because it was supposed to be the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. So the Yeah Yeah Yeahs were actually scheduled to be the musical guest, but the lead singer got pneumonia and uh, they could not perform. So in the last minute, they brought in Lizzo, who had not only been a musical guest in the past, but was musical guest slash host. And did a great job. So they brought Lizzo in, and she popped up, up in a couple of sketches as well. So she performed very well. And Austin Butler was fantastic. Austin Butler, who at that point was, um, you know, uh, had just come off of the success of Elvis and was just before he got nominated for an Academy Award for his performance in that movie. And the show was consistently hilarious. A ton of great sketches. Austin Butler was fantastic. He was, uh, he, he was really versatile, and he did a great job. And every goofy thing they threw at him was funny. Uh, that he did a great job with. And he also, you know, did not back away from doing Elvis sketches. And in fact, he sings Blue Christmas to Cecily Strong as a goodbye to Cecily Strong. Um, it was it was a, t a terrific episode. Um, you got the phrase that pays game show again, another game show uh, sketch that was really, really strong. So uh, this was an ep this was a, a game show where Austin Butler was the contestant that knew the answer to every uh, puzzle even though it was the most complicated puzzle of all time, but he knew all the answers. There was the Christmas Epiphany short film, which featured Austin Butler, was fantastic. There was the Marzipan sketch with all the kids loving Marzipan, the creepy kids and the wonderful world of the crazy candy Marzipan, which was weird and great, and, and, and the cast members got to do some really funky stuff in that. Uh, there was also Jewish Elvis, where Sarah Squirm, Sarah Sherman, got to play a Jewish Elvis at a retirement home, and that was hilarious. On Weekend Update, Kathy Ann came back. Uh, Cecily Strong came back as uh, Kathy Ann, one of her great characters, and she finally lit the cigarette that she would always talk about, and that was a big going away, uh, a, a big goodbye for one of the greatest cast members, not just female cast members, but Cecily Strong, one of the greatest cast members in the, in the history of SNL. And definitely one of the greatest female cast members of all time who did incredible, important work on that show. I mentioned uh, the abortion clown uh, sketch that she did, but she had a great voice. She could sing. She did incredible impressions. Cecily Strong was one of the greatest cast members in the history of SNL. And that episode where uh, Austin Butler sang to her at the end as Elvis with Blue Christmas and where she got to do Kathy Ann on Weekend Update 
Uh, it was a great send-off for a great, great cast member. Uh, and then, uh, not only that, though, but they had the white ele- elephant uh, Christmas gift uh, sketch, which was very funny. Uh, and overall, a great episode. Uh, Lizzo was terrific doing her, her, uh, her musical performances, and Austin Butler was a great host, and I can't wait till he comes back again. Uh, one of the best episodes of the season. And then the next episode was Aubrey Plaza, and that was in the new year. So they took off the holidays. They came back January 21st of this year. Sam Smith was the musical guest. Aubrey Plaza was your host. Sharon Stone made a very bizarre appearance uh, during a Sam Smith song and then in a sketch about film noir later. Joe Biden made a pre-filmed appearance. Amy Poehler showed up and played Leslie Nope. Uh, Allison Williams showed up in a filmed sketch where they were making fun of the movie Megan, the robot movie, which was all the rage at that time. Drew Scott, Jonathan Scott, and Tony Hawk also showed up. So it was kind of an all-star episode with Aubrey Plaza. And a really strong episode. The Miss Universe uh, sketch was fantastic, where all the contestants were screaming where they were from. Uh, Just a very, very funny uh, uh, sketch. And there was a fantastic takeoff of the White Lotus called the Black Lotus, where uh, if the the resort had been run by African-Americans and that culture... What would have been what would have the HBO special been like? And it was fantastic. And Aubrey Plaza was hilarious in that. So Black Lotus was great. There was a great uh, sketch where there was a group of people on game night, a group of couples playing Taboo. And that was really funny. Uh, the Megan 2.0 takeoff on the movie was funny. And on Weekend Update, Amy Poehler showing up as Leslie Nope. And Aubrey Plaza playing her character. That was funny. There was also a really terrific uh, commercial about an HIV product. Um, where Devin Walker got to shine. And it was really kind of the only time that cast member Devin Walker got to shine. He was underused, I think, for the entire season. But he got to shine in that episode, and that was where Aubrey Plaza was playing the director of a commercial for an HIV medication. And uh, Devin Walker kept uh, breaking character and saying that he wasn't gay and doing, uh, doing other things to make sure that people who were watching the commercial knew that he wasn't gay. Uh, even though the entire uh, sketch was about, um, you know, gay characters in a, a gay bar. Uh, very funny and a really great breakout moment for Devin Walker, who didn't get a lot of them. But if you want to see Devin Walker, because he's a great stand-up, he's a very funny guy, just you would never know that from a lot of the stuff that he got to do. But if you want to see Devin Walker really having a, a terrific standout moment for the entire season, you got to check out the HIV uh, commercial on the Aubrey Plaza episode. Very funny. All right. The next episode, episode 11, was January 28th, and it was Michael B. Jordan, and Lil Baby was your musical guest. Um, An okay uh, episode. Uh, I think it was carried by the fact that Michael B. Jordan is so funny and so charming. Uh, The roller coaster getting stuck episode, or sketch, was kind of funny. Um, and because people's faces were stuck and you've got Sarah Squirm in that one. Jake from State Farm, they did a very, very funny uh, bit about Jake from State Farm where uh, Michael B. Jordan plays Jake from State Farm. That was funny. On Update, um, you did uh, you had um, uh, Heidi Gardner come back as uh, every uh, boxer's girlfriend from every boxing movie ever, Angel, uh, which is one of the greatest Update characters and one of the greatest characters that the brilliant Heidi Gardner has ever done. Well, she came back and did Angel again, and that means Michael B. Jordan came out and did Creed. That, to me, was the highlight of the entire uh, episode. Well, one, because it features Heidi Gardner. But Heidi Gardner as Angel with Creed on Update was fantastic. There was a funny Bachelorette party sketch that they did and a really funny uh, sketch about male confidence on um, a seminar that Andrew uh, Dismukes was doing about male confidence. So... Uh, a pretty solid episode, um, not great, but again, uh, Heidi Gardner, you know, stole the whole thing. 
Uh, and then a terrific episode. Episode 12 was Pedro Pascal. He was the host. And Coldplay, unfortunately, he was a musical guest. I won't say anything about Coldplay. Again, can't say anything nice. I won't say anything at all. February 4th, Sarah Paulson was your special surprise guest on that. A great episode. A great episode. Um, the movie quiz game show at the beginning was hilarious. If you've not seen it, movie quiz game show, absolutely hilarious. There was a pre-filmed Mario Kart HBO series where they took the Mario Kart and made a series out of it. And in fact, it turned out better than the actual Mario Kart movie that got released some months later did. That was funny. There was one where uh, Pedro Pascal wakes up from a coma speaking in a Californian accent. That was also hilarious. There was an assembly at school because people were using the fan cam incorrectly, and that's where Sarah Paulson came in. That was hilarious. Uh, there was the Italian waiter sketch where they would come in, and the Italian waiters would come in, and they would give compliments to all the ladies at the table except for Sarah, Squ- Sarah Sherman. Um, and then there was Lisa from Temecula. Uh, this was Ego Wodum's a hilarious sketch, one of the best of the season, where she wants her, you know, cook my meat, where she's cutting the uh, well-done steak and the table is shaking and everybody's breaking and wine is flying all over the place and Pascal is losing it and Bowen Yang is losing it. Um, and uh, Ego Wodum went down in history creating a character called Lisa from uh, Temecula, who actually, by the way, came back again for the last episode of the season. Uh, and then there was a commercial, which I'll be playing later, for uh, a place called Wing Pit which is one of the funniest, unbelievably funniest uh, commercial parodies that they've done on SNL in years. And it was about, like, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend uh, when this uh, episode was happening. And the sketch was about a whole bunch of guys having a Super Bowl party, and they want their wings, and they want their beer, and yeah, man. And Wing Pit was this restaurant that will deliver you a bunch of wings, and you can get all kinds of crazy packages. And every package of wings that you got kept getting bigger and more insane and the, the commercial, the Wing Pit parody commercial, builds to this crescendo of surreal comedy that is one of the highlights of this or any season. So Wing Pit was one of the best ever. Um, so a great episode. Pascal was great um, all the way around. So a tremendous episode. Woody Harrelson showed up for episode 13 on February 25th. Jack White was your musical guest. Scarlett Johansson showed up at the very end of the episode. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, not talk about Woody Harrelson's monologue which was sort of anti-vax and weird which he changed by the way doesn't happen very often but Woody Harrelson uh they had rehearsed a different thing and he went out there and won it and uh made uh, the headlines um where he kind of came out and basically was like talking about anti you know not taking the vax and being controlled by the government uh, I was very strange and then it turned out to be a strange episode but there were some funny things in it uh the slingshot ride thing was funny um, that they did because I like to watch uh, Keenan Thompson do anything, especially if he passes out. There was a Colaguard uh, commercial where, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the Colaguard commercials where you want to be tested for uh, you know, colon cancer and you have to leave a, uh, uh, you, know, you, you have to leave your, uh, your, your feces in the container and send it off to be tested. Um, so, and it was about, uh, the Kohler guard box coming to life and wanting to be crapped in, uh, and hassling Woody Harrelson on his, uh, front porch. The Kohler guard commercial was great. Uh, Heidi Gardner showed up and I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this right now. Actually, Heidi Gardner showed up on, um, on update and did a bit where she was Gina, the mother of four daughters and one son. 
Um, so let me just play that. It was the highlight of the show. Uh, you know, there were a couple of other things. Woody Harrelson and uh, Bowen Yang at a high, uh, highbrow gymnasium got a couple of laughs. Overall, it was hit and miss, mostly miss with a weird opening. It was nice to see Scarlett Johansson come out and present Woody Harrelson with his five-timers jacket because it was his fifth time hosting, and she came out as well. But the highlight of this episode, of the Woody Harrelson episode, by far, without question, not even close, was Heidi Gardner doing yet another of her spectacular Weekend Update desk appearances. And I'm playing this whole thing. And this isn't even one of the top five sketches. I'm just playing this because it's one of the greatest uh, things that happened in season 48. A new study shows that the COVID baby bump is over as fewer Americans are choosing to have kids. Here to comment on the joys of motherhood is Gina Bianchi, a woman with four daughters and one son. so nice. Oh, thank you, Gina. So you're a mom of five. Tell us about motherhood. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> I mean, oh, so I've got my four daughters. And, you know, my daughters, they're fine. But my son, oh, my God, I love my son. Oh, oh, okay, so he came over last Sunday. He was hungover. I mean, he's always hungover. <laughs> what was he doing? Oh, 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 he's in my fridge. Okay, he's pulling out ham, turkey, the mayonnaise. He's filling up a cooler. He leaves, doesn't say bye, I'm cracking up. <laughs> and my daughters, they say, you can't take Ma's food, that's Ma's food. I say, who cares, girls, shut up. <laughs> Anthony's 38 years old, he's a growing boy. Oh, my daughter's so annoying, but my son, oh, I love my son. Right, yeah, I got it. So, oh. so what would you tell someone that's like, you know, on the fence about having kids? every day. Like yesterday, my son uh, <laughs> came over. Oh, and what was he doing? Oh, oh, he was going through my wallet. <laughs> okay, the kid, the kid is pulling out 20, 40, 60 dollar bills. He writes himself a check for 14 grand from my checkbook. Okay, what's he writing the memo? Putting up with Ma. I'm dying over here. I'm dying over here. My daughters say, that's Ma's money. You can't take Ma's money. I'm like, girls, please, you're not pretty enough to be this irritating. <laughs> but my son, oh my God, I love my son. Yeah, no, no, we've heard a lot about your son. Well, why don't you tell me about your daughters? They're doctors, but my son, <laughs> but my son, he did this hilarious prank last night where he pretended to rob me at gunpoint. Oh, oh no, that's <laughs> terrible. My daughters say, you can't do that. My daughters, ugh, they bought me a house. But my son, I mean, I would if I could. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. Well. A lot. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's getting back to the topic of parenthood. Do you think that your kids are gonna have kids someday? Oh please. There's not a woman out there good enough for my son. Oh, okay. So so Anthony's single? No. He's been married for two years. And I just had this feeling, okay, that she has given him nothing in bed. Okay. Like she completely ignores his balls. Okay. <laughs> what? Why are you thinking about that? Oh, okay, and I bet she's obsessed with having an orgasm. Like, no, honey, that's not how it works. When he's done, you're done. Gina Bianchi, everyone. I love all my kids. Yeah, Heidi Gardner. Heidi Gardner. I... Just stealing the show. So that was the highlight. I mean, she, I don't even know what to say. She's so fucking great. Anyway, that was Woody Harrelson. Next uh, uh, episode was Travis Kelsey with Kelsey Ballerini as your musical guest on March 4th. And again, I had a very low expectations for this because it's, you know, it's hit and miss when you have a professional athlete 
or, or you know, or, or someone, you know, from the world of sports hosting. Sometimes when you have politicians, when you have people who are not performers or actors or actresses or comedians, sometimes it's like, oh, God, this is going to be rough. And I was like, I don't know. And it was great. In fact, one of the best episodes of the season. Uh, you know, I, I thought one of the best episodes of the season, um, there was a fantastic uh, sketch where he was a, a, a creepy guy at an American girl cafe. Uh, there was one where, uh, Ego, uh, Wodum played an old woman who passed away and he manipulates her body at the funeral, uh, and, and does a whole show like she's a puppet. The dead body is a puppet. Uh, there was a great film sketch called my straight male friend where Bowen Yang played the gay guy who needs a straight male friend just to stop hanging out with, uh, with women. Um, there was the uh, ex-girlfriend sketch where Heidi Gardner played uh, Kelsey's uh, uh, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, and she starts crying and shooting water out of her eyes. Um, and then on Weekend Update, they did great stuff on Weekend Update. There was uh, Sarah. Sarah came out again and did her news, made fun of Colin Jost. And Mikey Day and Punky, uh, Punky Johnson did a hilarious thing where uh, it was how Punky Johnson in real life cannot remember the actual names of celebrities and will mix them up completely. And it was this hilarious, true-to-life sketch where Mikey Day, who experiences this in the real world with Punky Johnson, who Punky Johnson cannot remember the names of, of celebrities and doesn't know this and doesn't know that. Uh, and it was, a, it was this entire Weekend Update desk bit that they did with Mikey Day and uh, Punky Johnson, and it was one of the best sketches, or one of the best moments of the night. A strong, strong episode. And then uh, after that was Jenna Ortega and the 1975. That was on March 11th with Fred Armisen as a, a special guest. Um, an okay uh, episode. Um, the cold open was on the Oscars uh, carpet because the Oscars were the next night. So you had uh, Chloe Fineman doing a very funny Jamie Lee Curtis. And, um, and they, did a, they did a bit about uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan uh, Gleeson not being understandable because they're Irish. There was also a school versus school game show with uh, mutants versus regular students. That was okay. There was a very funny takeoff on ridiculousness that was started out great and kind of fell apart at the end, but that was very funny if you're a fan of ridiculousness. Highlight of that uh, episode, without question, though, was the filmed, the filmed bit they did about a night at the Waffle House and uh, just all the crazy shit that's happening in the Waffle House with fights and stuff burning down and cops showing up and people fighting and stuff blowing up. It was like, you know, whenever you visit the Waffle House at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know you're going to see some crazy shit and some fights and some absolute insanity. And the sketch, the pre-film sketch with uh, Janet Ortega at the Waffle House was brilliant. So the next one, for me, the best uh, uh, episode of the season, of season 48. Quinta Brunson was your host, and Little Yachty was your musical guest. The musical guest was great. Uh, it was on April 1st. It was April Fool's Day. Quinta Brunson from uh, Abbott Elementary. For my money, the best episode of the season. There were so many highlights, so many highlights. Her opening, uh, her the cold open was good. Her monologue was terrific. There was the drug dealing cocaine so white sketch, which took place in the bathroom, which was hilarious. There was the fake cult documentary about bridesmaids and how you get sucked into the world of bridesmaids, which was kind of like a you know, like a streaming surface real crime drama, but about bridesmaids. That was brilliant. Uh, there was the traffic altercation between Mikey Day uh, and uh, Quinta Brunson where they are doing sign language, where they're doing signals to each other because they're in the middle of traffic. If you have not seen this, it's, it, it's, it's too visual to actually play here because you have to see it. The traffic altercation between Quinta Brunson and Mikey Day, one of the absolute most brilliant and funniest sketches of the season, easily. 
Um, and then on update, you had uh, Michelangelo's David, played by Michael Longfellow, which was hilarious. You had Marcelo's Short King sketch. Marcelo Hernandez did a, a thing about being short, which was great. And then you had, because it was April Fool's, Michael Che tricking Colin Jost because he told the audience not to laugh at anything Colin Jost did. And it was fucking brilliant. So Update was amazing with the April Fool's Day sketch that Jost play, that, uh, that Che played on Jost, which was brilliant. In addition to all of that, you also had the, the midwife sketch with Bo and Yang playing a midwife. You had the, um, the creepy bosses and the HR sketch um, where, where it was uh, one of three sketches in which Quinta Brunson was uh, in, uh, in drag, which was hilarious. On there, and there was actually of, and I'm not a fan of Please Don't Destroy. I'm not a fan of the of those sketches, but that was even funny. That's how good this episode was. The Street Eats episode, where the Please Don't Destroy guys go to different bodegas and different places on the street to eat in New York, was hilarious. But the best sketch of that night, and I think the best sketch of the entire season, was called Couple Goals, and it was a game show sketch. And I'm going to play it in a minute. But Quinta Brunson, for my money, best episode of the season. Molly Shannon came back for episode 17. Jonas Brothers with the musical guest Martin Short made a surprise appearance on that. That was April 8th. Um, I was disappointed with this episode only because Molly Shannon is my favorite female cast member in the history of SNL. And they just, the writers did not show up for her. Uh, there weren't a lot of great things. I mean, you know, Jeannie Darcy came back. Her famous stand-up comedian came back. Uh, they did a Netflix special for her. Uh, they did a pretty funny sketch about a play that Heidi Gardner's character wrote, and she's in the audience with her boyfriend and how it unfolds on stage. Uh, weekend update, uh, Candace, uh, or sorry, G Heidi Gardner played the extremely busy co-worker, which was by far the highlight of the entire show was, was Heidi Gardner doing the extremely busy worker. Uh, and then there was a Vagisil commercial that was kind of funny, only because of Keenan Thompson. And then Sally O'Malley came back. I'm 50, 50 years old, and they had the Jonas Brothers dressed up like Sally O'Malley. Again, the writing was not very good, but when you have somebody as great as Molly Shannon bringing back some of her great characters, it was fun to watch. And again, the extremely busy worker on Weekend Update played by Hattie Gardner, the highlight of the show. The final episode of the season was Ana de Armas and Carol G. That was on April 15th. Uh, there was an American Girls Dolls movie uh, trailer that was very funny. There was an album recording session where... Um, Devin Walker played a rapper who wanted to get some hype girls to say some great things about him while they're recording an album, and that didn't work out very well. On update, um, you had um, Funky Kong from the Donkey Kong movie, from the Mario Kart movie, uh, which was played by uh, Kenan Thompson. This was on update. You had Sarah Sherman as a guru, and you had Molly Carney, who was actually flying and talking about uh, what it was like to be non-binary, which was a, a, a good thing. And then uh, Lisa from uh, Temecula returned, but not as well. Not a great episode, uh, so there you go. So that's the whole season. If I had to rank them, this is how I would rank them. One through 18 from best to worst. Quinta Brunson was the best. Pedro Pascal came second, followed by Austin Butler, Travis Kelsey, Jack Harlow, Aubrey Plaza, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Steve Martin and Martin Short, Jenna Ortega, Ana de Armas, Molly Shannon, Dave Chappelle, Woody Harrelson, Brendan Gleeson, Kiki Palmer, Amy Schumer, and Megan Thee Stallion. That's from best to worst, so... My top five sketches, I want to get to in a second. But before that, I want to tell you uh, who I thought did a great job. Cast members who stood out. Andrew Dismukes, who has really come into his own over the past like season and a half or so, and is now one of my favorite cast members. Uh, they're finally giving him a lot to do, and his comedic voice is shining through. He's got a very unique 
very weird comedic voice, and I like him. Andrew Dismukes, obviously uh, uh, Cecily Strong, despite the fact of only being on a few episodes, was still great. Keenan Thompson, always great, always and always has a great season. Sarah Sherman continues to improve and continues to get weirder and more amazing, and they're allowing her to do like really great stuff. As far as the newbies go, Michael Longfellow, who I just had on the podcast a couple episodes, had a fantastic season, and so did Marcelo Hernandez. Those guys were the standouts. The MVPs of the season are women. Ego Wodum, one of the greatest cast members ever, and Chloe Fineman, they are your MVPs for the season. And the women continue to be the strongest part of uh, of the show. The, the women cast members continue to steal the show from the guys. But the MVP, the cast member of the year, without question, is Heidi Gardner. Heidi Gardner continues to just be just unbelievable. Um, her, her sketch work is amazing. The characters she does are amazing. She's committed to it. She likes to do the weird shit. She does a lot of 1250 sketches that are always, always weird. Um, and she is, I think, without question, going to go down in history as one of the best female cast members in the history of SNL. And season 48, cast member of the year, without question, is Heidi Gardner. My top five sketches. All right, let's go with number five. I want to play a little bit of these uh, for you. This is from the Travis Kelsey uh, episode, and this is a family meeting episode, I mean, uh, uh, the sketch. This is number five on uh, my top five sketches of the year. Number five is family meeting from the uh, Travis uh, Kelsey uh, episode. Thanks for making the trip, kids. Well, when you said it was an emergency, we flew in right away. Yeah, you're kind of freaking us out. Are you guys okay? Oh, we are better than okay. Look, the truth is, we had a hard time figuring out how to break the news. That's what the song is for. The song? I'm sure you all have a lot of questions, but don't worry. The song will explain everything. When I think of our love, I'm so grateful for the times we've had. A beautiful house, a wonderful children, a thousand memories, good and bad. But we've been drifting apart from one another. <laughs> Even though we still love each other. But now she's giving our bed to another. But I'm cool with it. And I watch. I watch from the corner. <laughs> Mom, you're cheating on Dad? Oh, God, no. Didn't you hear the part where he said he's cool with it? Yeah, I believe my exact words were, I'm cool with it, and I watch. I watch from the corner. <laughs> so who's the other man? I don't know, but I would guess it's the guy sitting in Dad's chair playing Streets of Rage 2. What up? <laughs> okay, so the scene goes... On. Uh, and it's a, a, an absolutely hilarious uh, sketch where they keep singing uh, uh, about the family breaking apart and this weird dude, played by Travis Kelsey, uh, with a weird beard, sitting uh, on the chair playing a video game while the daughter and the two sons are all trying to figure out what's going on with their parents. And James uh, Austin Johnson doing a pretty hilarious uh, Michael McDonald. Uh, so that was number five. Number four on my list of the five best sketches of season 48 
is, I mentioned earlier, it's a commercial for COVID. And I'm just going to play it because it's hilarious. And it is my fourth favorite sketch of season 48. Are you feeling tired and worn down? Sick of the endless grind at work? Exhausted by your family, desperate for some peace and quiet? Then ask your doctor about COVID. By simply getting COVID, you're guaranteed a five and sometimes even 10 day vacation from all of life's problems. I needed a break, just some time away from everyone. So my doctor suggested I get COVID and it was the greatest week of my life. All I wanted was to sit on the good part of the couch and watch the Netflix I wanna watch. And I was finally able to, thanks to COVID. At first I was worried about getting COVID, but my doctor assured me it's fine now. I'm triple vaxxed, quadruple if you count HPV. So it's my time to shine. Side effects of COVID include having COVID, which is still kind of bad, but doesn't it seem different now? I definitely got sick. <laughs> but I also got paid for 10 days to never leave a blanket. Plus, I got a great story I could tell people at work. It was like I had a bad cold for three days. Ooh. And of course I had to isolate from my three kids because I didn't want to get them sick. But uh, what do they eat? I gave it 14 days to be extra safe. And for an extra fee, we'll knock out the Wi-Fi near your house so you can't do any Zooms. Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> COVID is the perfect way to get out of jury duty, cousin's wedding, friend's improv show, neighbor's adult baptism, and husband's murder trial. At this point, COVID is basically a 10-day cruise, which is also a great way to get COVID. COVID isn't for everyone. That's why there's also new COVID Always Positive Home Test, the only COVID test that comes with two pink lines already drawn on. Uh, again? Uh. But you just had it a week ago. Please don't do this to me. COVID. Because sometimes the only way to get mentally healthy is to get physically sick. And sure, there might be long-term memory problems, but that would honestly be amazing because there's so much I want to forget. My brain's already really bad. If it gets 10% worse, but I don't have to talk to a single person for a week, I'll take that deal in a horse beat. You mean a heartbeat. <laughs> Either way, thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. I think I'll get COVID again. Today. COVID. Go ahead. You deserve a break. So that's uh, number four on my list, the COVID commercial. Uh, number three on my list of the best sketches uh, of the year is Joker Wedding. Um, and this was when uh, Jack Harlow was the host. Uh, and it's about uh, a wedding that may or may not be ruined by the guy who dressed up like Joker for the wedding. And Danny, no matter come hell or high water, I'm going to love you till I got no more love to give. I swear that to you. Whatever. <laughs> that was beautiful, Patch. Now, if anyone here has reason why these two should not be wed, speak now. Forever hold your peace. Yeah, I got a reason. <laughs> Babe, what are you doing? Just saying, I don't know. I feel like marrying you no more on account of your best man came to our wedding dressed like Joker. <laughs> you don't like me dressed like Joker? No, Clint, I don't like it. I know we're getting married on Halloween night, but I don't like you being dressed like Joker. <laughs> you get married on Halloween night? I thought I could dress like Joker. <laughs> Clint, I told you multiple times we wasn't doing costumes at the wedding. Yeah, but I told you I was gonna dress like Joker. I know, but I said not to. But I said I was gonna dress like Joker. I know, but when you said you were gonna do that, I said to not do that. Yeah, but I told you I was gonna dress like Joker. You ruined my wedding, Clint. 
I ruined your whole wedding on account because I dressed like Joker? <laughs> when I was a little baby girl dreaming about my wedding, my husband's best man wasn't dressed like Joker. I didn't want to ruin your wedding, Dooney. I just want to dress like Joker. Okay, so it goes it goes. <laughs> Every time, every time they say Joker, it makes me laugh. And it's Andrew Dismukes uh, plays the guy who's dressed like Joker, full-on Joker costume. And, of course, the brilliant Heidi Gardner is the bride. And then they ask the audience, the family members, whether or not he should be able to dress like Joker. And then Jeff Probst shows up. <laughs> and, and from Survivor. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, douses her, her torch. And he gets to dress like Joker. Um, ridiculous premise. Beautifully executed. Uh, and just ridiculous to the point where, I mean, that was the first sketch of the night, too. That wasn't even a 1250 sketch. That was actually the first sketch of the night. Uh, makes me laugh every single time. And Andrew Dismukes is hilarious as the guy who dresses as Joker. So, Joker Wedding, number three on my list. Number two is Wing Pit. This is the commercial I mentioned earlier, Pedro Pascal episode. It's a complete takeoff on your, you know, on your crazy wing stop uh, places uh, uh, where you get your wings and, and how hardcore you want to be at that Super Bowl party and eat a bunch of wings and drink a bunch of beer. Well, this is a company called Wing Pit, a restaurant that takes it a little too seriously. And this is, without question, one of the greatest commercial parodies in SNL history. And for my money, uh, the second best sketch of season 48. The big game is right around the corner. And Wing Pit has your party covered. Wings are here! Yes! We've got game day specials that will keep the whole party happy. Like our touchdown tray. Two dozen wings and two sauces delivered piping hot to your door in time for kickoff for only $24.99. Now that's something we can both agree on. Or call an audible and try Wing Pit Super Bowl Supreme Platter. Four dozen juicy buffalo wings for only $39.99. Oh, now we're talking. And if your party's really raging, go for two with Wing Pit's tailgate feast. 20 dozen wings, five ethnically troubling sauces like Asian zing and Jamaican be spicy, plus a gallon of ranch for just $89.99. Awesome, thank you. We're probably good on wings, though. But you could be great on wings with Wing Pit's new tray of tears. 600 of our succulent wings, plus 15 butt-destroying sauces, and a kiddie pool of ranch for only $205.99. There's only like 15 people here. We don't need all that. But you want it. Just like you want Wing Pit's hard slurry chicken smoothie. It's 40 liquefied wings mixed with 80 proof green alcohol. Must be over 12 to order. Over 12? And if you're thirsty for more, try Wing Pit's new chicken carnage platter. 3,000 tangy wings packed in a black contractor bag thrown straight through your window in time for kickoff. Oh, oh. Hey, if you don't stop, I'm calling the police. Well, good luck, because we own the police. Wing Pit donates millions to police charities so we can operate with total immunity. And that lets us serve you the Chick Noble. 5,000 wings, 10,000 beans, a full pallet of hot sauce, airdrop ranch, and two of the sickest, saddest celery sticks you've ever seen. All pumped into your party via cement shoes. Honor Gyrax, the chicken god of death. Beg him to save the souls of the chickens you have slain. No, please make it stop. Your fate is sealed. No! Wing Pit, let the slaughter begin. 
the best commercial parody in, that they've done in years. And the build up to it is great. And again, I suggest that you actually find all of these. And again, they're available on Peacock. They're available on YouTube. Uh, just uh, jot down, you know, the keywords that I've been saying. Wing Pit, Pedro Pascal, SNL. One of the greatest uh, uh, commercial parodies of all time. Okay. My favorite sketch of the season is a really dark one. <laughs> and I'm going to play the whole thing. It's a game show parody called Couple Goals. James Austin Johnson is the host of the game show. Uh, the two couples compete in whether they know each other. It's very much like your newlywed game or your dating game or something like that, where you have to know the other person. They ask questions about whether you know them or not. Uh, the couples are played by Keenan Thompson and uh, uh, Quinta Brunson. And the other couple is Ega um, Wodum and uh, Michael Longfellow. And the, quest, the, quest, the, 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 the sketch is about a game show where these couples have to know each other. And it's called Couple Goals. Um, and it is as dark a sketch uh, as you will find. Uh, absolutely, without question, the darkest, blackest sketch that they did all of season 48 and one of the darkest <laughs> sketches that they've done in a long, long time. Um, this sketch pissed a lot of people off. Um, I posted it on my social media saying it was one of my favorite sketches of the season and, and ended up being my favorite sketch of the season. And some people were offended by it. Um, it's dark. It's very, very dark. Um, but I'm just going to play the whole goddamn thing. This is my favorite sketch of season 48, which we've been talking about here on the entire episode. The best sketch of season 48 is <laughs> couple goals and prepare yourself, people, because it gets real, real dark. And again, I suggest after you hear this to watch it because there are some visual jokes in it as well. But here's my favorite sketch of the season. Couple goals. It's time for couple goals with your host, Bob DeVilda. <laughs> Welcome to Couple Goals, a game where married couples find out just how well they know each other. Let's meet today's contestants. <laughs> they recently celebrated their 10-year anniversary. It's Thomas and Mia Anderson. And they lived across from each other during the pandemic, and now they're married. It's John and Linda Cronin. <laughs> All right, let's get started. As you know, your spouse has answered a series of questions before the show, and it's up to you to guess what they said. Question one, what is your wife's favorite food? Thomas. Oh, come on now, Bob. That's easy. She's the queen of burgers. Sounds pretty confident. Let's see what Mia said. Burgers. I'm the burger queen. <laughs> All right. The Andersons are on the board. Let's go to the Cronins. John. I'm going to go with my gut here and say crepes. Oh, no. I said fish sticks. <laughs> I'll get them next time, babe. All right. Question two. What is your husband's greatest fear? Uh, I've seen this man in the garage, and trust me, the answer is spiders. <laughs> All right, Mia says spiders, and Thomas said his greatest fear is that you'll fall down the stairs and get hurt so bad that I have to give up my dreams and spend the rest of my life caring for you. Wow. So, so no points on that one. That's your biggest fear? Spiders, yeah. <laughs> Should have said spiders. <laughs> okay, moving on to the Crowns. Linda, what is your husband's greatest fear? Oh, I got this. It's airplanes. No, honey, it's snakes, remember? Oh, so close. <laughs> Was it, though? Was it? Okay, Andersons. <laughs> Next question. What's something you do in bed that your husband does not like? Mia. Uh, well, um, this is embarrassing, but I'll say it. Kiss him before brushing my teeth. <laughs> and Thomas said, 
Sleep too close to the end. Thomas, you think I'm gonna fall out of bed and break my neck? And <laughs> hey, hey, what's the next question, man? Over to Linda. What's one thing you do in bed that your husband does not like? Um, I'd have to say, get on top. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and John said? Hog the sheets, babe. <laughs> Once again, the Cronins are not remotely on the same page. <laughs> Next question for the Andersons. What was your biggest fight about? Oh, I know this one. Uh, that would be the basketball game incident. Okay, Thomas says the basketball game incident, and Mia says... The time I hit a half-court shot at a basketball game and they gave me free rock climbing lessons for life and you ran out and ripped up the certificate in front of the whole stadium. Five points to the Andersons. Hey, we running away with it now, huh, baby? Okay, folks, that sound means it's time for a bonus question. This one's for you, Mia. Who has had the biggest influence on your husband's life? Um, his father. Yep. My dad <laughs> and my parents are actually here today. How am I doing, Dad? You're doing great, son. <laughs> Back to Linda. Uh, what is your husband's dream vacation? <laughs> I don't know, Snake World? Yeah. Yeah, it's Snake World. No, you idiot. I just said I don't like snakes. Ooh, calling your spouse an idiot and lose a turn. <laughs> All right, Mia, what's your husband's dream vacation? At, at this point, who knows, but um, he always said Aruba. Yes, yes, baby. All right, finally, there's the man I married. Uh-huh, and uh, what's that little asterisk? <laughs> oh, uh, that's just this. As long as you're still healthy. If not, then Big Sir with your sister. After years of caring for you together, we will have grown close in a way we never expected. And when we finally climax together under the Redwoods, we'll hold each other and weep. Not just because the pleasure is so intense, but because we finally feel released from our tragic shared burden. You both said Aruba. That five points puts you over the top. Andersons, you have won our grand prize. Wait, we did? We won, baby! <laughs> and that grand prize is an all-expense-paid trip to Bali's Temple of a Thousand Steps. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's my favorite sketch of the year. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, when they say my dad's in the audience, and they cut to his dad in the audience. Uh, his dad is played by Devin Walker in old man makeup, and he is feeding uh, Ego Wodum uh, because she's invalid and she can't be fed. She can't eat herself, so he's feeding his wife. So basically the father is feeding the invalid mother um, a spoonful of applesauce. Okay. Uh, so that <laughs> – and uh, Michael, Michael Longfellow and, um, and Punky Johnson as the other couple are very funny in that. Um, yeah, so that's my favorite sketch of season 48. It's as dark and dark and dark as you can possibly get, and I think it's fucking hilarious. So that's my favorite sketch. You can watch the visual of it. If you want to see that, you, you, you'll want to see them cut away to Devin Walker as his father feeding his infilid mother. 
You're going to see that. It pissed off a lot of people. Um, I think it's the funniest sketch of the year. So there you go. That says a lot about me. I'm a very twisted dude, I guess. So anyway, season 48 in the books. It was cut short by the um, by the writer's strike. Hopefully the writer's strike will be op- over in time for the show to start on time in the fall. And well, we'll see what happens. And, and always, uh, we'll see who returns and who leaves and whether Keenan Thompson after 20 seasons is going to come back. Um, who knows at this point? Um, and it was a transitional season, according to Lauren Michaels, and uh, a pretty good season. Not a great one, a pretty good season, but some really great stuff, uh, especially the Quinta Brunson episode. Okay. All right. Uh, so there you go. That's season 48 in the books. We'll talk more about that and much more about all things SNL related. Uh, if you would like to leave your comments and your questions, what were your favorite sketches? What were the highlights of season 48 for you? Let me know. 773-417-6948. You can email me. Here, uh, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. It'll get me at this podcast and at my other podcast, the Nick D Podcast. Check out radiomisfits.live, where we stream 24-7. And my thanks to uh, Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits and to my main man, Jason Skaggs, who's an incredibly talented composer and musician who did the music at the beginning of the show and, uh, and this at the end of the show. And we'll do it all again. Uh, every Wednesday, a brand new episode. And you can actually hear this podcast daily at 9 a.m. at radiomisfits.live. That's Central Time. But thanks to you, and thanks to everybody, and we'll see you next time on That Show Has Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. Nick DeGilio. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>